gentlemen. Welcome back to The Rewind. I'm Josh, and this is a podcast where I watch a bunch of movies and talk about them with my friends. Today's episode is about Birds of Prey and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn, and I am happy to be joined by my friend Daniel Lima to talk about this one. Daniel, thanks for joining. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, so Birds of Prey is uh, the solo spinoff movie of the Harley Quinn character that is being reprised by Margot Robbie after she played it in 2016's The Suicide Squad. And I think I think a lot of people were surprised this movie ever came out because, you know, The Suicide Squad was really kind of ridiculed. And even though it made a lot of money, everyone just thought, wow, we're just going to pretend that never happened. And they ended up making this movie where it kind of follows Harley Quinn in the aftermath of the events of The Suicide Squad where she's been left by wait, wait you know am i calling it the wrong name because i know it's really weird but james gunn's movie is going to be james gunn's movie is going to be the suicide squad the previous one was suicide squad i mean i don't know why they couldn't have been a little more creative with that but uh 2016's was two suicide su- two squad yeah well yeah exactly it's what it re- they really could have gone so many ways with that but 2016's was suicide squad not that well received yet they decide to actually invest and uh make this movie and i actually daniel was actually kind of optimistic about this when i found out it was actually happening because i mean margot robbie has like a lot of things going for her in her career we know you hated once upon a time in hollywood but the fact is like she got to be in a quentin tarantino movie and like she was generally like well received for that she then got an oscar nomination for bombshell she produced the tanya harding movie uh and got the oscar nomination for that and it's like she's been she's like able to make things happen in hollywood and good for her that she's gotten to that point and i just kind of thought like wow she could be off like doing things like that producing her own stuff like she would not return to this character unless it was like an idea like that was worthy of her time so i was actually kind of optimistic about it and and most people agree that she came out of suicide squad pretty unscathed so i was pretty optimistic and you know i i really enjoyed this movie it picks up when uh in the aftermath of the events of suicide squad when she has uh, been dumped by the joker and because she was dating the joker uh for a lot of her life up until that point people in gotham let her do whatever she wanted to because they kind of feared the Joker. And now she doesn't have that protection anymore. People are after her. Uh, she has to track down this uh, diamond at the at the behest of the character known as Black Mask, played by Ewan McGregor, uh, also known as Roman Sionis. And she ends up, you know, coming into contact with some other characters, uh, Dinah Lance, a.k.a. Black Canary, played by Journey Smollett-Bell, we eventually come to know the Huntress, played by Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who factors into this story later on. Uh, this crystal was uh, stolen by the character known as Cassandra Kane, played by Ella J. Basco, and they have to track her down, and she's kind of a MacGuffin throughout the movie. And it's just a, I don't know, I think it was a pretty fun combination of characters, and maybe the story you don't want to think too hard about, but like, I kind of enjoyed the way all these characters came together, and I think a lot this movie also has a lot going for it technically. What was your overall reaction to uh, I'll just say Harley Quinn. I, I I don't mind the title, but I'm not going to keep saying it over and over again. Uh, what did you, What did you think about this movie, Daniel? Oh, you mean what did I think of Harley Quinn, Birds of Prey, or the Fantabulous Emancipation? Yeah, um, I oh, thought it crap. was great. Oh, I, I, I can't. And that's the thing. Everyone's saying they should be they should have called it Harley Quinn, and I just <laughs> I, I just did it. The, I, I I should I should refer to it as Birds of Prey. I mean, they're asking for it when they screw no, around with it, the, yeah, they, no, they screw around with the title as I much know. as they had. Didn't they like actually somehow rename the movie after its release? Yeah, that's right. They yeah. renamed the movie after it didn't. It wasn't doing as hot in the box office as they had expected, and so they retitled the movie Harley Quinn, Birds of Prey, which I think is even more unwieldy, but whatever. (laughs) Anyways, anyways, I actually was 
looking I wasn't looking forward to this movie to on the onset. I didn't see Suicide Squad, but I heard terrible oh, things. Okay, I, I didn't know if that was like a movie that you because you do see a lot of the comic book superhero stuff, and I didn't know if that was yeah, one that you saw. That was one and, of those ones that I missed. It was I, like, I just assumed that you did see it and possibly had a contrarian Daniel type take on it. I was excited no. to ask you about that. So you've never seen it. <laughs> No, no, no. Like it came on the heels of, I believe, Batman versus Superman. I think it came out just a couple months before. And I hated that movie. Like it's one of my least favorite movies I've ever seen. So, of course, I did not go to see Suicide Squad and I didn't catch up with it before this movie, um, even though it was directed by, you know, one of my guys personally. But anyways, uh, I had no expectations for this movie. And then I heard that, you know, oh, Chad Stileski is doing the action. Oh, okay. And then I see the trailer and I think the trailer is amazing. I love the trailer. And I'm like, all right, maybe this has something going for it. And eventually, by the time I walk into the theater, I'm thinking this could be the best comic book movie ever made. Wow, I didn't realize you talked yourself up with it that much or talked about oh, that yeah. much. No, I did talk it up. I talked it up to all my friends and uh, I was wrong. I was wrong. I want to say that from the onset. But yeah, I agree with you. I think that it is generally a very fun movie with a lot going for it, a lot to respect and appreciate. But uh, I suppose it's best to start with the stuff I didn't like, because honestly, that's what the movie was mostly dealing in, like, you know, at the for the first like half hour. See, as you said, this is a movie about like, you know, Harley Quinn. She meets up with like she gets tangled in this web of intrigue in Gotham City with like, you know, uh, Ewan McGregor's black mask uh, gang leader. And, you know, she has to go and take charge of this child who's, you know, on the run from this guy. And there's this girl who's like this uh, – she's his driver, but she's also a superheroine also kind and, of. And, and the movie's jumping around a lot. That's one of the things I didn't mention. It, it, I don't know if it, all of its jumping around in time really serves the plot in any – benefits in any great way. Do you think that's necessary that the way well, they do that? Well, see, here's the thing. To paraphrase a friend of mine who pointed this out, uh, the, the, the beginning of the movie, like, yeah, it is – jumping around in time a lot. It has a narration from Harley Quinn, Roger Robbie, uh, you know, narrating along with like, you know, quipping and breaking the fourth wall in a very Deadpool-esque way. Uh, and it's very much like um, Guy Ritchie light in the same way that Guy Ritchie is Tarantino light. And honestly, it gets a little bit exhausting all this jumping around from different perspectives and different times and shifting back and going like the character the the the, the, the margot robbie saying wait a minute i forgot to tell you this and going on about some other character you <laughs> hadn't seen in you know like it, it it gets a little exhausting it's a little muddled it keeps you from really getting into the rhythm of the movie but it does actually contribute to a sense that Gotham City is this playground of adventure where criminal there's all these criminals, all these colorful characters, all these elements just crashing into each other. It create it makes it feel like a bit of a comic book, which is something that a lot of comic book movies surprisingly struggle to really nail. But yeah, for the most part it is kind of confusing and exhausting for that first like half hour and then once you catch up with all the characters it it, it kind of abandons that you know sensibility and it becomes yeah. it, it becomes like actually really really enjoyable 
Yeah, and I and I, and I and I do like most of these characters. I think some people have criticized the Cassandra Kane character a little bit, like they could have maybe done more with her. Apparently, she's like really interesting in the comics. And I, yeah, I believe Cassandra Kane wasn't she Batgirl or wasn't she Oracle or something? I'm not the person to ask that question to. Yeah, she was Batgirl. She was Batgirl. Gotcha. And but I mean, I, first and foremost, I think it's most important to just note that I really do think Margot Robbie has like a great grasp of this character, at least. And I say that as someone that hasn't read the comics, but I just feel like she knows exactly whatever version of this character it is she wants to put on screen. She really just has a great understanding of it and is totally invested, and I respect that. And I think it's just, I, 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 I it's just, I guess it's a type, a, a tightrope that you have to walk, and it may be helped by the fact that we've never seen a movie where she's just a pure villain. I mean, the conceit of Suicide Squad is that these are the villains that are having to break out to do a job to like you know help their own cause but you've never really seen her doing terrible things it obviously gets alluded to and maybe i would have more baggage with her if i was a comics book reader but like i just kind of have some passing knowledge of the fact that she's like a bad person that does bad things and she talks about doing doing bad things with the joker and there are moments when maybe her actions are frustrating or short-sighted in the movie but like i still find myself pretty charmed by the character and i find myself rooting for her and i just find her like incredibly watchable and the fact that, like, I do find her that in- compelling as a character, but I'm also happy to spend time with just about every other character in this movie just kind of speaks to how effectively it gets its characters, even if, like, the story might be a bit confusing at times, you know? Oh, yeah. Even though it sometimes it, at first is a hard, a little hard to follow along, mm-hmm. uh, I still don't – there are elements of the plot that I still I still don't understand. But um, it, it doesn't matter because it's just a good time. You have this really great ensemble. You know, Margot Robbie, like you said, is really great in the movie. So is Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Oh, my so God. Journey she's she's my MVP. Bell. So is Rosie Perez. But, I mean, I hate to look at this, you know, female-fronted, you know, action movie and then single out the guy. Oh, my God. You're really going to do this? We're already two dudes talking about this I'm, movie. And now I you're just going to heap all look, the praise on the dudes. I'm sorry. I am sorry. But Ewan McGregor is phenomenal it is one of the best performances <laughs> in a comic book movie ever he has exactly really? the right campy energy for this movie as does the movie itself like to be clear this movie actually in its best moments does operate on very heavy schumacher like it's got big schumacher energy going on in this motherfucking movie i'm a little bit tired of seeing like the same dour noir infused depiction of gotham because it's a movie it's a it's a city with like where they're terrorized by clowns and there's a guy who dresses up like a penguin making bird noises running a club and their hero is a guy who dresses up like a bat it's silly (laughs) this comic book shit is silly and this movie actually fully gets that and it doesn't go as far with it as i'd like (laughs) uh but it is generally a very campy feeling you know of like all these different colorful characters bouncing into one another ewan mcgregor is the guy who fully embraces that uh you know his crime lord character is so you know he's like feel he's it's like he's hosting a party the entire time it's watching him hold court is it's when the movie's jenny is honestly at its best yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I, I also to go with that, I mean, I was probably even more taken with Chris Messina, who just got like super, super weird. I mean, he's so. Yeah, no, he's great. Yeah. He plays uh, Victor Zaz, who in the comics is like this serial killer who like I think he etches notches in his skin for every person he kills. Oh, lovely. I mean, <laughs> I, 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 but I, I was just like 
I was just totally there for that because, you know, he's just like very often kind of a straight man in lots of movies or just kind of a bro. So it was just, I could tell how like he was probably very excited to just like kind of really go off the deep end with this guy and just be as weird as possible. And I mean, I, I can't disagree with anyone that's like maybe thinks like they were kind of like, you know, trying to imply these guys were gay together without actually just like. Making yeah, like there's a, there's a bit, there is a bit of like a sort of like these are effeminate people, effeminate men. Do you have like a lot of moments where they like stare deep into each other's eyes, but then just like then just like. Yeah, it plays to like an uncomfortable trope. And I can't uh, I can't disagree with anyone who says that, but I still just got like a huge kick out of both of them. Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, um, as far as the social messaging goes, I sort of admit that I was expecting this movie to be a little bit of that, like, um, I don't know, that corporate, uh, that corporate wokeness that, like, doesn't actually feel genuine, that it's more like, you know, like, if, 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 you well, know, this sort of... Well, that was the next thing I was going to ask you, is, like, there's a version of this movie that gets way too into, like, yay, girl power! And, I mean... I, I not that the movie is unclear about its priorities in that regard, but I don't think it's like beating you over the head in a way where it could have. With that Beyond thing. that, I actually would go a step further and say that it actually does a pretty good job in balancing out the you know social messaging with the crazy comic book energy that it should that should be the focus and is the focus. Mm-hmm. Um, the first review of this movie that I saw one of my friends post on Letterboxd was complaining that all the men are bad. And that it's sexist for a movie to have. And that's just goofy because this is an elevated comic book world. And I think that the movie actually does do a good job. Like, I do believe that, like, yeah, there are no really good men characters and male characters in this movie. But at the same time, I think that that is a reflection of the fact that I mean, I'm not a woman, but I just I I take it to be a reflection. (laughs) <laughs> I take it to be a reflection of the, how it feels to be a woman in a male-dominated world <laughs> that, like, you know, you have to watch your back. You have people with – who hold all the power who, uh, you know, are out to get you in one way or another. Uh, I think the movie does a good job at, like, you know – yeah establishing that while not letting it distract from what the movie should be, which is a crazy comedy with like, you know, a bunch of comic book campy elements, you know? Yeah. And I like that point. Like just because, you know, it, it just, there are a lot of male dominated spaces in this world. And that not only does it mean like women are going to maybe have to work together to overcome that, which not saying that's how it should be, but that just might be how it is, but it might bring together women from like very different, disparate backgrounds. And, this the the fact is like these movie these women are at each other's uh throats a lot throughout much of the course of this movie and they end up having to come together but like yeah you kind of know that's gonna have to happen but you also kind of like it makes sense when they ultimately do it doesn't feel very perfunctory or like all right now it's time to get the game together it like makes sense when they actually have to do it because that's just where the circumstances of this plot convoluted as it might be at times it ultimately just leads there and it's like all right they got to do this now yeah, it reminds me a bit of like, you know, that that fame, that infamous shot in the end of Endgame with like all the, you know, all the women on the Avengers team lined up together. And it's it's meant to be this girl power moment, but it really just shows goes to show how little Marvel has done to like elevate its female heroes. Meanwhile, here you have a movie where that it, it actually does attempt to say something and earn, you know, that that sort of feeling, you know, I, I actually really appreciated that. It was really good, and I I feel like I've heard more people 
criticize the criticisms of the moment in that final fight where they like Harley passes over, over a, a hair tie. And like, I, I, I kind of like that moment, you know, it like, it wasn't, I don't know. It, it just felt like a more, it felt like a genuine actual uh, moment for that character to have, as opposed to like, a, yeah, we're going to make the girl do a girly thing. And I just thought it was a nice moment to show like how those characters had like kind of come together in that moment. Mm. Yeah. Now, now we got to talk about the action. Yeah. So your boy Chad, my boy Chad, Chad Stileski, who I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name right. He was the one of the co-directors of that first John Wick movie, and he is the director of the second and third entries into the series. He handled the action. I believe he was the action like uh, I forgot what the term is, but like he was the stunt coordinator or something mm-hmm. like that, and. This movie has some of the greatest action set pieces of any superhero movie, bar none. It is phenomenal what this dude manages to do. I apologize for, again, celebrating the guy's achievements. The women are the ones who are performing, and they're excellent, too. Uh, Margot Robbie is, you know, doing stuff where I'm like, damn, how – she's just – she's not even like a trained martial artist. How did she like, – Yeah, it's a, it, well, I think there's a few things to say about the action. Um, I, I guess maybe it's probably canon that, like, Harley Quinn's is not super into guns. Uh, but, I mean – it just feels so different from other DC movies that the crescendo, even ones that I like, it just ends in like a massive pile of CGI. Uh, and it's just a lot of it all feels the same. And I mean, I, I love Shazam. It feels a lot different from a lot of movies, but just by nature of what the character's powers are, like you're just going to have to have some CGI. Yeah, at the, the end guy, of- the guy is as strong as Superman. Like yeah. you're not going to have stuff like this. Yeah, which is fine because like the rest of that movie is so different from other DC movies. Whereas here, it's like it's still like kind of a, a different, a more similar aesthetic for some of the movie. Actually, not really. It's not as dark as other DC movies, but I mean, yeah, this is that's where the Schumacher energy comes in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like. They the fact is, like, there's a version of this movie where it could have just ended up, you know, it could have ended up maybe being a little bit more like a a gunfight or something like that. Uh, But it's like they found so many creative ways just to make it feel different with all the different kind of tools they bring in and all the hand to hand combat, which, again, yeah, let's not give all the credit to the men. But like, I mean, you can certainly feel a little bit of that uh, John Wickian influence. Yeah, no, absolutely. There's like this – one of the uh, – this is bound to be one of the best set pieces of the decade by the end of it. But when – there's a scene where like she goes into like the police station and she is armed only with like one of them non-lethal grenade launchers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she's going through, taking out all these cops. You know, she's got – you know, the, she's firing off rubber bullets and like gas grenades, putting out brilliant plumes of plumes of – purple and and green and it's just it's gorgeous to look at it is what it's using like a weapon that you haven't really seen used in action choreography it is the the way it's staged it's it's like nothing you've seen before in any movie uh much less a superhero movie and uh i i i I'm sorry. I'm like I'm like stunned thinking back to the scene it's beautiful to look at it's yeah, and then and then not long after that, you have like it's like we'll have like this fun glittery uh, beanbag gun, and then we'll just have her go hard with a baseball bat, and that felt, <laughs> she starts that felt wailing fun too. on motherfuckers, which is yeah, like, no, not something we haven't seen before. But like I, when I think back, like John Wick, like we have put tons of gun stuff, tons of knife knife stuff, tons of hand to hand combat, and like other superhero movies, it's like actual superpowers, and here it's like. 
a baseball bat, which I feel like I've I've maybe seen people use baseball bats violently in movies, but not as intricately as they do in yeah, this movie. It, it reminds me a lot of, uh, uh, have you seen, oh, I, I figure I know the answer to this. Have you seen Universal Soldier Day of Reckoning? I have not. Oh, yeah. It's like the fourth or fifth movie in the Universal Soldier series from 2012. Uh, there's a set piece inside of a uh, inside of a sports store, sporting goods store that uses a baseball bat very creatively. And that's what I'm getting thinking of when I'm watching this scene. And it, it's if nothing, if, if it's as good, if not more impressive than one of the best action scenes of the last decade. Huh. Uh, and then, of course, you have that finale, which I mean, the finale honestly might be like the the least effective action set piece, in my opinion. I I respect the challenge because, you know, it's set in this, like, Gotham City carnival and, like, you know, it's like a, there's halls of mirrors and, like, you know, distorted perspectives. I can understand how somebody would look at that and, you know, want to approach that climactic action with, like, a challenge. You know, you're in a setting that's intentionally meant to distort your ability to keep track of what's real and what's not. But the fact of the matter is that I, I sort of lose sense of what's going on and all this chaos, all these people fighting and all these different areas. It, it, it's a little hard to make sense of, but you have to respect the ambition, which I mean, it extends throughout the rest of the movie also. I think I, I like it's been, it's been 10 days since I've watched it at this point. So I, I, I could be missing a few details I would have otherwise liked to have included in this discussion. But I, I remember I actually felt like I followed that action uh, pretty well, even if like maybe it's like at different points they're just getting tangled up in so many of these other guys that are attacking that uh, I just I, I maybe I can't exactly follow where they are, but I felt like I generally had a pretty good sense of what was going on, and uh, there's just enough, enough fun character moments within that that. I, I don't really care. Uh, yeah, no, I agree you, with you, that. You, you mentioned uh, Mary Elizabeth Winsett earlier, who is probably my personal MVP for the movie, because I just, knowing the name of the movie, I just kind of assumed it was going to be Margot Robbie, Mary Elizabeth Winsett, and Journey Smollett-Bell, like, just teaming up way earlier in the movie than they actually did. So I was like, I, there's a certain point in the movie where I'm, like, halfway through, and we haven't seen Mary Elizabeth Winsett, and I'm just getting kind of disappointed. I'm like, all right, well, maybe it's just going to be, like... Not just like kind of just a whatever part where she gets like one scene and doesn't make much of an impression and she doesn't have that much screen time but she just like made a really huge impression where it's like wow like this is a very unique take on any character i've ever seen in a comic book movie where i mean someone it's undisputed is kind of a total badass but like has literally no idea how to talk to people and she plays it in a way that is like hilarious and even just within that final sequence like i think she just has a couple of moments where she just does something and just like kind of marvels at the situation and doesn't really know how to react and i just like found it um, really delightful oh i agree with that i won't agree with like you know i'm not gonna give batman is a guy who can't deal with people but is really undisputedly a great fighter so like you know i've seen it before but like and you know uh in the comics but like i, I mean i guess haven't seen it played for laughs in that way where like, we're just enough, like all enough. the batman stuff we think of is when he's being weird is just like dark i mean you know i mean captain america also in that first movie anyways anyways <laughs> wow way to just shit on my point but go on <laughs> yeah but it's still great i want to point out that even though i compared this to uh a uh, deadpool and it does feel deadpool like in its worst moments i want to point out though this movie is a better version of Deadpool. The comedy actually works. I find these people funny. The lines are funny. I remember there's like a throwaway line 
from Margot Robbie where she's like teaching uh she's teaching um Cassandra Kane's character how to like be a, like a supervillain and she's like and that's why you should never pay your taxes <laughs> you know it, it, it killed me like there's so many funny throwaway Does lines Did she make a joke about just... voting for Bernie? I don't really remember the context. Yeah, no, there, 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 there there's like a little moment where like, you know, when everyone's out to kill her and every person who goes out to try to kill her, like you have like a little freeze frame and it goes for and it tells you who this person is and why they want to kill her. And for, I think, Black Mask, it just becomes like a whole list of reasons, which includes oh, oh. voting for Bernie Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, it, 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 look, like I said, the energy doesn't always quite work. It does make me respect what Guy Ritchie does a little bit more yeah. because he I think he manages to. He's managed to find a way to pull off this sort of chaotic. Uh, uh, this works way more for me than any Guy Ritchie movie. Say again. This works more more for me than Guy Ritchie movies. I, I, mean, I, I like this more than any Guy Ritchie movie, but yeah. I think that he approaches this style with a little more. Like I, I, I'm in surer hands when I'm seeing because you know this is a movie from a. I think this is like her. Uh, Kathy Yon is the director. I believe this is her second movie, and her first movie was like. A uh, an indie movie that nobody has seen. Mm. Uh, it's amazing that she even like was hired for this job. But I mean, I'm good for her. Yeah, props she, to Margot oh, Robbie. Margot Robbie did produce this too, so like I think she obviously had a hand in even saying yes. Yeah, to Kathy I believe. Yeah. yeah, I believe that she's the one who wanted Kathy on on this movie. If I remember reading that correctly, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, she is like you know she really pulled out all the stops here. You know, congratulations to her. But I do think that I, I do think that this is one of those things where like it's a Fairly inexperienced director being handed like a very large picture and not really knowing how to like get all their ducks in a row. But again, it's still so much fun. It's still so much fun for most of the movie. Yeah, uh, I agree. Uh, one other thing I want to add before I we talk a little bit more big picture DCEU was that they shot this entire movie in Los Angeles. And I mean... I think I like the fact, and I don't think that that's the case for like a lot of these other DC movies. And aside from it just like being the the lighting, just like looking different, and I like the fact that you know they weren't afraid. Like I guess it's preferable if you can get the tax credits that they got to shoot in Los Angeles to just do it. But I like that they weren't afraid of like not being consistent with how Gotham looked in like other movies. Like I don't really care. Oh and, yeah, and, no. and, and it was just like more fun to look at. You know, it's just a lot of like the scene where she does run from the cops and stuff like that, and runs around the city. Like that's just really fun to look at. And I, I, I respect the fact that they weren't like really concerned with any other continuity with how Gotham looks and other DC universe stuff we've seen in the last ten years. I was just like, yeah, this is just fun and different. I like it. No, I agree. Like I said, this movie like does away with that dreary, noir-infused vision of Gotham that we've gotten so used to, or in the case of Joker. New York, right, right, right. <laughs> just just New York. God, I hate that movie. But yeah, I, I this movie, it's just, you know, this is a very silly place with a bunch of silly, colorful characters. You know, I think this is the first time in forever that I see Gotham mostly bathed in sunlight. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, I mean, of course, you saw it in like the Nolan Batmans, any Joker. It, there were scenes set during the day, but I don't think I, I don't movies. think there was sunlight in Joker. I mean, I think there were daytime scenes, but it felt like it was cloudy the whole time. If it wasn't yeah, fair, night. fair enough, fair enough. But like, yeah, you see like a bright blue sky in this one. I, you know, it, it's a colorful it's breakfast sandwich that had more color than any other like DC movie prior to Shazam and Aquaman. Oh I yeah, it's, <laughs> I mean, it's 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 just. It, it wants you to feel joy with these 
joyful, colorful character. I, that's what I want from a Batman movie. I mean, I know this isn't a Batman movie, but like this is what I want from a comic book movie. Yeah. All right. Uh, how are you feeling about the DCEU? I mean, I know you hate a Joker, but I think that takes place outside of the extended universe. Technically, so. yeah. Technically, that takes place outside of the extended universe. Unfortunately, that one made a billion dollars, and this one isn't doing so hot. So I'm. I really hope that they've learned their lesson from like you know Justice League and Man of Steel and Batman vs Superman, and they've discovered that you know for this extended universe, we need to keep shit a little lighter. Like I want to see more experiment i'm a little worried from this movie honestly because of the poor you know fairly disappointing box office i'm really hoping that they don't take this as a sign that they need to like go off the course that they're going well shazam did pretty well though i think shazam did well i think aquaman did pretty well and those two are movies that i think take the right approach for this which which, which, which is which are different approaches the right approach was not just doing the same thing and it's cool (laughs) that they've allowed people to do different things yeah, like Aquaman, it's again like a big colorful adventure. Shazam is like this, uh, you know, family movie. It's honestly just a family dramedy uh, with like a superhero bit tacked on. And I think both of those movies are very, very good. You know, even if they don't rank among, actually, Aquaman might rank among the best of the superhero movies of the past ten years. But it's uh, <laughs> a ridiculous opinion. But I'll, I, I, I don't have time to argue it. So yeah. Uh, so like, I mean, we've got in the in the in the horizon, we've got Wonder Woman 1984, which you know, Wonder Woman I thought was also pretty good. So I'm I hope for the best there. Batman from Matt Reeves, I expect i i like matt reeves a lot suicide squad from james gunn uh and then a bunch of projects that i don't you know i i'm hoping they have i i i feel confident i feel confident in saying that dcu knows what they're doing and that is just it's crazy it's crazy when you think about where we were like three years ago to say that you know Oh yeah, I was definitely shitting on. Because three DC. years ago, we hadn't even seen Wonder Woman yet, so like that's really the yeah. inflection point. <laughs> I I was like, yeah, this thing better die soon. And now I'm like, I can't wait for the next DCEU movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. I, I mean, who knows if we're gonna get the Booster Gold movie? But yeah, it's like they're not making as much money as the Marvel movies, but you know, like the Marvel movies have had their own issues at times. I mean, like we we both really like those movies, but like they've they certainly have their own issues at times with like where they've gone their different ways with creative people, and they they while they do like to bring in different directors that they like, it seems like maybe sometimes they try and foot push them too far in one direction or another. Yeah, and, they don't. They and, don't. These movies don't want to make too many risks yeah and i get it and the fact is i'm, I'm sorry people marvel makes decent movies yeah, like no, they make they still consistently make... yeah they make consistently solid movies that audiences respond to and that are i would argue genuinely pretty fucking good yeah most of them are good some of them are great and uh or I, I, I would even go so far as to say most of them are great some of them are beyond that some of them are less than that but like there is some kind of baseline but like it seems like there's just this higher variance with these dc movies now where they're still entrusting similarly uh, unique independent filmmakers to like come into these different universes and do stuff. And they're getting this more, these movies are just diverging more from each other and their visual palette and their storytelling and their, um, in the tone and all that stuff. And I, I think it's fun. Like I like having, as long as these movies are still going to like start being more consistently good. I, I like that. It just gives us something different from what Marvel's giving us. And we have enough time in the day to watch like both. So we don't really, don't really have to pick one way or the other. And it's, it's just fun to see them like, both produce good movies in totally different ways. So I'm yeah, very happy for that to continue. Absolutely. Because, I mean, even though I like the Marvel movies, you know, they, you know what you're expecting when you walk into it. And I think that the 
DC has realized that they don't really know, like, you know, Feige does, what people want. And so I think their solution has been over the past couple of years, let's just let people do stuff. I assume that there's some amount of studio input, of course, but like mm. these are multi-million dollar projects. But I do like, I mean, you know, Birds of Prey, even though it's not made as much as, you know, people would like uh it's a movie with under a 100 million dollar budget you know joker for all the things that i hate about that piece of shit it is a movie that cost like 50 million dollars and made a billion mm-hmm. you know i i want dc to continue just taking risks and you know some of the times it'll work out sometimes it won't uh sometimes you'll get like a really solid movie across the board sometimes you'll get a, something with a little bit more mess a little bit more rugged but that's what I want. I want to have a little bit more risk into this genre. Yeah, I I agree. Uh, any other final thoughts on Birds of Prey before we say goodbye? I mean, I'm just really hoping for a sequel, man. I'm really hoping for a sequel. I want to spend more time with these characters, and that should be telling. Yeah, I don't. I I I hope so too. I don't know what they're what what the point is it has to hit financially for them to like agree to do it but i I mean i'm sure she'll be back in some form as they you know they do more of these and try and bring all the characters back together in some way but uh who who just exactly knows when it's gonna happen i'll also say i was uh we didn't talk that much about black canary but i i I was happy for journey smollett bell to get in a movie like this i she's done some other tv stuff the last few years but i hadn't seen her in like eight years since she was on friday night lights so it was kind of like cool that she got to be in something this big and i i did enjoy that character uh at different points in this movie a lot uh but yeah again i agree with daniel i enjoyed this movie i hope that they uh do find a reason to revisit this world as well uh daniel before we sign off anything you want to plug your letterbox or something else like that well uh i want to plug the last movie that i watched that i found really really great that? that was chocolate okay uh i've never heard of chocolate what's it about uh, Chocolate with 2008 Thai martial arts movie. Now, I have been reluctant to see this movie for a while because the premise is that it's an autistic teenage girl uh, who manages – who learns martial arts skills by like watching movies and watching people do martial arts. And then she gets sucked into this criminal conspiracy. You know, And I, I, I always was reluctant because portrayals of autism in film and TV have never been like – Great. They've never been great. And I didn't expect a martial arts movie from a foreign country that, you know, admitted it's not the wokest film culture in uh, in Thailand, especially in like the mid 2000s. So like I was always a little reticent about watching the movie that there would be like stuff that I would find very uncomfortable and just wrong. And honestly, though. I think that the portrayal of autism is actually – it's pretty good. It's pretty decent. Mm. Like it doesn't treat the autism as like just a superpower like a lot of movies do and it doesn't – it's treated like a disease or an affliction. It's just a part of who this girl is and she has an inner life beyond that too even if it does change the way that she is able to interact with the world. Mm. And the melodrama actually works which is rare for a martial arts movie. Um, you know, it's like she has to like – make money in order to pay for her grant her mother's cancer treatment or something like that you know it's it's very basic martial arts drama if you've ever seen any but it's effective it's got a great cast especially you know the lead Gigi jija yanin i believe her name is pronounced gotcha. but Where then the action oh, okay. the action brother 
it is some of the greatest action I have ever seen put to film. This is a movie that pulled a ton of influences from like Shaw Brothers movies and Bruce Lee and Chet, I mean Chet Lee and Jackie Chan, Tony Shaw, of course, because it's directed by and uh, the action is choreographed by people who worked on like Ong Bak and The Protector and such. Uh, it's pulling from Japanese revenge movies and like South Korean revenge thrillers. And it's just pulling from all these different influences. The set pieces are like themselves references to different movies and cultures and uh, you know, you see something like Kill Bill, which I hate. I don't like Kill Bill <laughs> really? because I think that that's a movie that just takes these influences and just copies them and doesn't bring anything new to the table. And it's also bloated and self-indulgent and, you know, fuck Tarantino these days. But um, in this movie, I think it does use these influences as a way to create something new and genius and beautiful to watch. Like the action in this movie, dear God, it brought tears to my eyes. Uh, where where I, oh where can people watch it? Uh, it's not streaming for free anywhere. You're gonna have to rent it from one of your services, Amazon or YouTube or whatever. But honestly, I, I swear to God, it's worth it. It's not only one of the greatest martial arts movie ever made. It ha- it is in the running for best action movie oh, ever wow. made. It is wonderful. Well, that is high praise. So there you go. You can take Daniel up on his very strong recommendation there. Uh, as usual, you can find me on Twitter at Josh Chernovoy, J-O-S-H-J-U-R-N-O-V-O-Y, Letterbox, same thing, podcast, Twitter is Rewind Movie Pod, podcast, Gmail is TheRewindMoviePod at gmail.com. So send us any feedback that way. Coming up next, we'll have a podcast with uh, Daniel on Sonic the Hedgehog and also possibly Daniel and also recurring guest Lisa Koshbakti on the photograph. So everyone stay tuned for that. Daniel, thanks again for joining. Thank you. And we'll see you next time.